Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Good morning, afternoon. It's I'm talking to Thorkel Sani of the Special Western Foundation in Denmark. And we're going to find out more about that in just a few minutes. But first of all, Thorko, where did you go to school? I went to school in the western part of Denmark, in a small community. So just elementary school or secondary school or... Yeah, that was elementary school, and then I went to what you would call high school in a, a, a bigger town, and then I went to university in Aalborg uh, in Denmark, where I was so lucky that my present wife was also studying there, so that's where we met. Excellent. Okay, so... Tell us about your work experience after after university. Yeah, thanks. So after university, we moved to Copenhagen and we got um, traditional jobs. My wife in the municipality and myself in the incumbent telecommunication company. We got uh, three kids and... uh, Everything was kind of the perfect family-like. Uh, and then um, uh, our youngest son was diagnosed with autism, and I learned how difficult it will be. His prospects were not so great. He would risk being bullied, being a dropout, and being rejected by the labor market. And um, uh, he kind of inspired me to say this this cannot be right that we spend all efforts trying to make autistic people to behave like non-autistic people so they can fit in somewhere we need to change the systems instead so that autistic people can be the best selves and uh, yeah just take part like anyone else so he made me a social entrepreneur and then I started uh, specialist, and I went to Danish for the specialists in order to prove that in the right settings, autistic people can compete at market terms. So tell me about the foundation. What what are the programs that you offer, and where do you get the money to support this? Well, um, the foundation. I I started specialist on a um i started as a for-profit company because that kind of underlined our ambition to prove that we could compete in a tough market um but within half a year after we started uh, we got a lot of uh, attention in the news and p emails poured in from all over the world and saying, if it works in Denmark, please come and help because (laughs) we need it. We need something similar here. And I learned that that, um, 
autism is a, a global uh, thing and that families all over the world are in big problems because um, we're not used to um, inviting people in who are, are not kind of fitting with the norm. And our systems in particular are not good at mending uh, non-mainstream people. So there was a, a challenge in minds and systems all around the world. And we, in, in Denmark, we have a, a mature welfare system, but it's, it's, it's always also very difficult to navigate for neurodistinct people. In other countries, there's not so much system. Um, but um, I think all over the world in Brazil, Mexico, India, Denmark, USA, it's basically people who want to belong and families who want all their family members to succeed. And then we have different cultures and religions and, and welfare uh, systems and so on. But but for me, it's it's all a global family thing. And uh, the foundation I established in 2008 as a response to all those requests I received from all over the world. And the ambition with the foundation would be uh, was to form an umbrella nonprofit organization that could establish branches of specialists around the world. And then we have also, um, we have run a school uh, for adolescents between 16 and 25 years old in Denmark for very many years, where we had three years to, to work with the students to make them comfortable and um, with life um, and also to course, develop their motivation and skills. And then we've done uh, projects, some funded by, for example, the EU, some from the Lego Foundation on what we learned from working with uh, the corporate sector, how could that be applied in the school system, for example. But Specialist and the Foundation has been kind of the umbrella organization um, and now specialist is in 13 countries around the world. That's excellent. So in a way, what you're trying to develop almost is uh, social franchises. That's a term that I like to use uh, because what you're doing is it's not franchising but it's social franchising because you're giving back to the community. And that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, I, um, I also like the, the concept social franchising. We decided not to call it franchising because um, in all the markets where specialists have popped up, um, we adapted everything to the local market so so the common core when we started was very much um, kind of our values and our mindset and our logo and our brand. 
but the way it was implemented in Northern Ireland and in Brazil, for example, um, it it allowed a lot of adaptation where a traditional franchise is very much this is how you should do and don't divert too much. I know social franchises is kind of in between, um, but but um, we ended up calling it a, a license model with a lot of local adaptation uh, freedom. So do you have conferences or meetings with the, uh, the licensees? Yeah, uh, we we work like an organization. So it, it we, I think um, the idea of a social franchise system is a good way to describe how our license system has worked. Excellent. Okay, so what are the services that you're offering people with uh, challenges? It's, it's more the family than the individual, isn't it, in a way? It's, it, yeah, it, it's more the employers, and in some cases, governments and, uh, and education organization. But um, from the start, we have, our, our ambition have been that uh, the corporate sector should be driver of, um, of neurodiversity at work um, and then um, in order to kind of support the transition into employment we have also worked with education organizations and in some um, and in some countries we have also worked with uh, the local government but uh, our starting point has been um, to, to work with uh, corporate clients to, to fill their needs. So having said that, I don't think you're represented in Canada yet, are you? Yes, we are. Oh, you are? Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. In, in what city? Uh, in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So having said that, where do you see the organization three years from today? Um, I think it would be more on working on the work-life balance. We, because one thing is um, to get a job, Another thing is to kind of remain uh, a good life-work balance because life can be complicated sometimes. Um, I think I'm more and more being um, being uh, um, kind of getting away from operations. I'm more in, into the how can we change the mindsets on a global uh, scale so towards strategy? Uh, yeah, it is. And what I'm working on now is to say how how can the 20 years of learning from creating jobs 
be used to remove um, the root causes for why so many are not invited in into the labor market. And this is very much around the, the mindsets, the mental models that we uh, that that we have. And then uh, we need to celebrate diversity and say it's it's important that we that all kinds of human brains are are engaged because we it's not a competition. We are really on this globe, everyone together and um, and we we cannot leave so many unemployed and uh, and being excluded in the education system and in our communities so this this is what i'm working on now how how can we also work with companies to to bring that message out so it's so we, I'm trying to address the layer uh, above getting a job uh, or filling a job for a company. I'm trying to see how can they also become a stronger player on in the local communities where they act um, and and support uh, sustainability of uh, of society systems around the world. So I'm much of a business guy. So do you have a business plan, Oracle? Uh, yes. Um, and and specialists in a, as, as a company have uh, specific business plans in, in all the countries where they are. And uh, I'm in the foundation now trying to look beyond the, the employment part and that's that has also been financed I, the reason i ask it i've reviewed over 450 business plans and uh, have a lot of knowledge in that area <coughs> yeah so having said that what does the organization need from listeners are on the on the call, or we'll listen to it on the, the recorded version. Well, I think um, several times, uh, several things could apply. For example, if if you know someone who may have autism, ADHD, dyslexia, or are neurodistinct in in other ways, and you may be in a company, you may be a manager, a co-worker. Um, you, you should try to consider what opportunities could there be for, for your organization to also to hire and become better at managing um, the people who are already in the companies because we, we know that there are a lot of people in companies who are uncomfortable disclosing if they have a diagnosis. Um, and that, I think, we have to, to solve that not by asking people to disclose, but establishing environments where they 
they um, they can thrive the same way as as uh, neurotypical people. So if if the listeners are in, in companies where uh, they they could there could also be uh, tasks or jobs that would fit well with people with an autistic or ADHD or dyslexia profile, for example. Uh, try try to to raise a discussion. Talk about uh, positive examples of what other companies have done. Um, and um, yeah, and then reach out to specialists or others in the community who have a lot of uh, experience in this field, because it, it experience matters in, in this area for sure. Oh, that's exciting. Well, having said that, I want to thank you this, this afternoon for joining me. I want you to stay with me. I'm going to end our formal conversation right now. Thank you, Peter. It was a pleasure.